Welcome to the Accelerate podcast. I'm Gerardo, and I'm here with Parker, and we're part of Microsoft Canada, and we're here to talk about transforming digital rights management with blockchain. Hi, Parker. How are you? Good. Good to be here. Excellent. Uh, starting with digital rights, uh, actually, let's start at the true problem that content creators have. What, what is the, the actual problem that they're facing right now? For sure, absolutely. So we're in the digital world now. Content creators are, are sharing everything. There's never been a better time to be a content creator. You have the internet, you make something, it gets out on the best platform all around the world. Best time for this ever. So technological advancements have created this, this sharing environment where boundaries to content are incredibly porous. So this is leaving many kind of authors cheated of ownership and recognition. So this kind of begs the question whether new developments blockchain can create alternatives to our traditional processes for registering, managing, and even enforcing these digital rights. But what do you think a creator is motivated to get their content spread out the internet? Or is it more how do we recognize and attribute the authors? Right, no, absolutely. They can spread it out wherever. So platform providers can you know, channel delivery that content wherever it may be. But somehow there needs to be a tracking of that so that we can give kind of recognition to that, that creator. And that's interesting, right? Because the internet is helping them, but at the same time amplifying some of these problems. Oh, absolutely. It's the best time to share anything, but at that same point, when you share it, you're, you're spamming it out to the world and you can lose some of your, your traceability with that. Excellent. And why blockchain? Why not something else? Yeah, oh, absolutely. There's, there's many options, but I mean, we're here talking about blockchain. I think to solve the problem, there is blockchain, uh, this digital archive where everything can be stored and it can be used to track and really verify ownership through something like smart contracts. So smart contracts can transform traditional digital rights management by empowering content creators and providers through immutable attribution by registering content with clear licensing and visibility of the transfer of rights. Now, it's important to know blockchain is not a preventative tool for infringement, of course. Enforcing one's digital rights against infringers still demands legal processes. Yes, lawyers are still needed. But the real value is in a blockchain's ability to monitor infringement and leverage real time stamping to show proof of ownership. So when battling content hijackers, blockchain becomes the indisputable source of record shared across a network. That's great because interestingly enough, it also changes the role of the creator, right? It's now an active participant in yes. this process. Yes, I mean, as opposed to just the creator making it, sharing it over to the provider, and it's going out into the channels, that creator can still get kind of visibility into where it's being shared. You know, maybe there's a, a learning loop going back, oh, we're going to change some content. It's kind of this whole like creative versus sharing versus tracking. It's, it's a new dynamic. So now that we know blockchain, it's, it will be a great solution for this. Let's delve a little bit more on tracking ownership and enforcing rights. How, how will that actually make sense in this context of creators? Yeah, let's dive deep a little bit on that. So blockchain offers digital rights management the ability to help solve traceable ownership. Yes. So traditionally, establishing a claim for infringement requires a plaintiff to prove ownership of asserted right and authorized appropriation. So you have to say, this is my content because of A, B, and C. Now, typically, ownership is established by referring to a registration certificate. Um, however, sometimes where the owner is not named on the registration, it requires a plaintiff to produce a chain of title that establishes rights as an owner-exclusive licensee. So in many cases, you know, we see the content creator makes it, then they agree to these terms that a, a provider can share it, 
but then that can kind of get lost when it gets to an end user and there has to be the royalty management or some kind of reward give back to that content creator. So therefore, the creator can, in, with blockchain, can register a piece of work or digital asset on a time-stamped, unalterable blockchain to prove ownership and existence at a particular time. So you never lose track of that content. You see what time it's been used, where it's been used, and that just gives greater transparency the whole ordeal of, let's say, digital asset supply chain. We really see where, where it is. So I think, especially with smart contracts, a blockchain can improve licensing and attribution by way of a distributed record of copyright owner's identity. This is also important for, from the, the content provider's perspective, not just for the creators, it, it, it helps the content providers better manage their content. That's you know, their, their main revenue driver. If they can get better management, it's good for them. So copyright property licensors could employ smart contracts that automatically enforce exclusivity provisions, even termination of rights dates, payment procedures, sub-licing prohibitions, to name a few. So once there's a set of rules that are agreed upon, the smart contract will be enforced via the network. So this is really the promise of blockchain. One interesting aspect you mentioned uh, with the concept of digital assets. Yes. And a, a lot of the uh, conversations around blockchain happen with this is a technology that will work in digital assets, but not necessarily on physical assets. Right. So what are your thoughts around how do we enforce or apply the same case for Absolutely. It's, I guess it's important almost understanding the tie between digital and physical assets. I mean, now we're, we're in the digital world. There is almost no physical asset that doesn't have a, like an alter ego data impression. So let's say like every car kind of has some sort of tracking to it. Every book that's published has some sort of digital record of it. So it's not necessarily only focusing on media files, let's say. It's about tracking physical assets, but of their data. And that's interesting as well when you incorporate 3D printing and other technologies oh, yeah. that will catch up. And if the technology is ready, it will definitely enforce or enhance the, the case, right? Absolutely. Uh, in, any specific cases that you would like to uh, include as part of the conversation? Like in, it, will, it will enlighten the audience around Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. There's, there's one kind of use case around uh, advertising spend, especially in terms of transparency. So. Let's just understand for a moment. The rise of video streaming services, we, we all use them, Netflix, YouTube, Hulu, have forced video providers to rethink the traditional advertising model. There's a, a well-known U.S. cable company is developing a blockchain platform aimed at improving the efficiency of premium video advertising, obviously resulting in better planning, targeting, execution, and measurement across screens. But it's the inherent kind of focus here is on the inherent characteristic of the project, which is consumer privacy. So in this blockchain platform they're developing, each user's data would stay in their own systems, and they would continue to manage the protection and privacy of their data. So you know, in the news this past year, we've heard a lot about you know, GDPR and certain you know, won't name uh, social media platforms, a lot to do with protection of users' rights. So this is something that is evolving advertising models, enabling you know, cable providers and the, the brands to still sell ads, but it's kind of transforming the ownership of rights back to the consumer, the, the customer. The user identity is still held by them. That's really interesting. One, one thing that I always remember that gave me clarity on that model is in, in social media when you realize you're not the customer, you're the product, yeah. it really gives you the, the light of how we should manage this platform. Right? Absolutely. And anything related, like digital assets such as music have been far ahead in, in innovation and in the curve. Do you see that blockchain also being part of that 
Yeah, sometimes that's like the easiest one to refer back to, right? Just so, we've heard for so long music not being able to track their revenue and music performers are getting something without getting you know compensation for it. So that's a, a prevalent uh, problem that's plagued the industry, publishers and the creators. So consider that the recent lawsuit recently brought against Spotify by the National Music Publishers Association, where Spotify agreed to pay $20 million settlement and $5 million in penalties for unpaid royalties. But the, the key thing, not, not that Spotify was trying to you know, cheat the system, it's Spotify claimed it was incapable of maintaining data to legitimize artist claims and could not even locate the parties, even if, they, if it was aware which artists had legitimate claims of attribution. So it's, there's such a data spread from where that content was made, who, who was part of it, back to when we consume it on, on say, Spotify's platform. Who, who gets paid? Spotify doesn't even know, right? So for reference, let's say on Beyonce's latest album, there was 70-plus songwriters and 100-plus contributors. Wow. All of them have to get paid, who knows about the agreements, but have to get paid per song listened. Like, what an absolute mess. Spotify has to understand that. Um, they've obviously adapted and they've acquired a blockchain startup and they're, they're helping attribution rights and cryptocurrency payments. But if you just look at the scenario, like understanding what the creation of content was, the digital asset, the chain of custody it goes through, and how the provider has to give all those kind of royalties management back to who's the necessary parties. It, this is really where blockchain can come in. And what I find really interesting is not only beneficial for Spotify, but if you think about the Beyonce example, it's really great. Once the artist or the creator feels comfortable that that will be addressed by a system or a platform, okay. then the creativity expands to include more writers, more right. authors, and just basically do freely what they really are good at, right. not focus on legal aspects of Right. Of say, the say the business model is I want to share a certain digital I want to share music. I want to make music. It becomes less of, oh, how am I going to get rewarded for my passions? It's, okay, there's a system in place that we can do what we want uh, to do, and it's already set in place for that digital rights management. So it's, the creativity is open to whatever the business case is, and that rewarding process is already secure with blockchain. And that's great. That's the, the great benefit. Just to close, if you can explain or you can give a one uh, simple statement to a creator on the benefit of this to, to help us embrace the fact that blockchain is a solution, what would you say? Absolutely. My line I always go to is blockchain is how all creators and owners will securely encode their rights and identities into their digital assets. There's no simpler way than that. Definitely. There's no better way to say it. Thank you for listening. This is the Accelerate Podcast. I'm Gerardo, and I'm with Parker. And we want to hear your thoughts on blockchain on our social channels. So follow us at Microsoft Canada to keep the conversation going. Thank you very much.